Kaiju Network, where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I'm your co-host, Kent, and with me is my other co-host, Jason. For the first time in three years, <laughs> podcasting in the same it doesn't, space. It doesn't quite seem like uh, three years, and then, you know, with, uh, with all the uh, graphics and everything uh, here, I mean, probably... Don't need to really worry about it. I mean, it's just all basic. It all that's just on my other computer at home. So it's just got everything set up on my uh, laptop. So it's just kind of very, very basic for the time being. So, so yeah, we're uh, right here over at uh, Kent's. Uh, this is my first time here since 2019. Doesn't quite seem like it, but uh, yeah. So today we're gonna be. Uh, Kind of doing our usual uh, sort of uh, tradition here as far as uh, discussing and kind of, uh, going over the schedule for uh, the, uh, the this year's uh, G-Fest, which is uh, G-Fest uh, 27, which should have very taken likely, place a couple of years ago. <laughs> very likely, too, this will be our last one in quite a while because Jason doesn't intend on going to G-Fest um, uh, again for a while. Uh, I may or may not uh, return, uh, depending upon my son and just kind of whether or not I want to deal with hotel reservations and traffic and all that fun stuff. So um, this will be our last one for a while, just because at least both of us at the same time aren't going to be going uh, to the convention for a little while. And, yeah. and so for me, uh, you know, we got a second screen here with the schedule, I have not seen the schedule. So this will be my first time in the years that we've been doing this where I have no clue as to uh, what the many of the panels are. I had totally forgotten it was released here a few days ago. So. Yeah, I just uh, briefly uh, skimmed through it the other day before posting on our uh, Facebook uh, page here the other day because I know they just uh, revealed the uh, full map of the dealer's room or uh, which vendor is going to be at what location there. And then I think about a half hour after that uh, reveal that they, uh, I just noticed that they got this full schedule uh, posted over at the gfan.com over here. So, so yeah, I just skimmed over it. So I didn't really see a whole lot uh, from what I saw here. So basically we're just going to go into detail kind of like what we've done uh, over the years since we start, uh, started doing podcasts. I mean, uh, so yeah, just kind of go through each day and then just kind of discuss uh, each one, uh, description, so on and so forth. And then just kind of discuss as far as maybe some of our interests that we're thinking about uh, going there. I mean, obviously, we don't really need to talk about the whole dealer's room thing because that's what everybody's going to be doing. I think most people there, are so. that anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll just kind of uh, minimize our window here because we've got uh, the schedule here. Uh, but first, right before at. we start, Jason, are you excited about going to G-Fest after two years of it being canceled? Uh, yeah. Uh, originally, um, a few years ago, I wanted it to be the last so it's kind of carried on over but uh yeah i've uh, been at least looking forward uh to this uh specific one here uh just kind of uh can be at least kind of a good send off to be, uh, for me to be the last one for the time being and and also it's kind of kind of full on circle because 10 years ago 
this year it was our uh, very first uh, GFS uh, 10 years ago with uh, GFS 19. So it's kind of kind of bringing back a little bit of those uh, memories of when both you and I went there for the very first time when uh, Kira Takarada, I mean, we're going to kind of maybe talk a little bit about that. I know we've discussed it about it a little bit earlier because I know there's some things from what I saw briefly on here that they're going to uh, uh, talk about on that whole uh, front. So um, how about you? Are you uh, excited yeah, looking forward uh, to it? I mean, yeah. I mean, um, anyone who has been to our website and saw a um, sort of an open letter that I wrote a couple of years ago to the higher ups at G-Fest, which I highly doubt anyone ever saw it. Um, <laughs> but my biggest, um, my biggest thing uh, about G-Fest is that it's unfortunately, and we talked about this before in the past, where the first few times you go, obviously it's, you know, it's incredible. But then after a while, sadly, um, you know, you, you still get kind of excited about it but the the novelty begins to wear off mm-hmm. and that's the unfortunate thing about anything you do you know the first couple times or so it's exciting and then after a while you're just kind of like okay like here we go <laughs> and, and uh, um you know we kind of kept doing it i think not just because we're we're fans but i think it was a, a thing for jason and i to really come together and just see each other in person for you know a few days to a week so um you know, to be perfectly honest, if it weren't for my son, I don't know if I would go. But I think one of the things that's helping me to be more excited about it this year is the fact that we're getting a new location, mm-hmm. uh, a bigger hotel, um, you know, just a more interesting layout. Just I, I checked out some of the stuff at the hotel. And I'm to be perfectly honest, look, I'm excited about the convention. I might be just a bit more excited about checking out the hotel. Um, it seems to be a, a pretty big, interesting, fancy place that, um, you know, I, I just am looking forward to checking out. I'm, I'm excited that, you know, just to see my son's reaction to this. He's seven and a half. Um, I still don't necessarily think he's old enough to really appreciate uh, every aspect of the convention, but um We'll see. We'll just kind of see how it goes. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things that I wrote in that open letter to the higher ups at the GFAS was that I, you know, the, the convention I think needs to try to keep some, something interesting. Like I'm not necessarily, you know, you can go read that at our website, but you know, I gave out, uh, some possible solutions to people like us who had been going for a while and it got to a point where at least for us, it just kind of got stale mm-hmm. in terms of the convention itself, where other than different subject matters in the panels, it's the same thing time after time after time. And, and, and then just to kind of, uh, get onto that, the little, uh, point that after sort of skimming through this, it's still a little bit of the same is, thing. Yeah. And, uh, with the uh, the two-year hiatus due to the whole pandemic thing, it's just sort of less kind of getting back to some of these, you know, with uh, Godzilla versus Hedora, uh, for one example, is kind of one of the first things. Having a, uh, like, it just had a 50th anniversary uh, a couple of years ago, but they're still touching upon that. 
here. So it's basically, you know, literally everything that should have uh, happened in uh, 2020. So it's just uh, 21 for Hedora, but yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, is, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Anybody who's paid any attention over the last roughly year-ish knows that there is this new rule put in place for um, mm. artists and artists. And I know that we've sort of talked about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, I don't want to talk smack, but at the same time, I think one of the things, like I've said before, one of the things I'm very proud of with our podcast is we'll touch upon certain subjects that really no other Kaiju podcast will touch on. Uh, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's important to not only bring out some dirty laundry when it's necessary, but to provide our insight as well. Because I think when you don't ad- address an issue, um, then that issue is never going to get solved, and it's going to continue to get worse. Yeah, and. Um, this whole rule with Artist Alley that they have to get some sort of license from Toho uh, is really dumb. Uh, it's one of the dumbest things I have ever seen because Toho isn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. And good luck trying to get in touch with them for that anyways. And the sad yeah. result of this is you have many artists not attending. They Just kind of going on strike. It, you know, for some of them, it's a strike, but for others, it's that I can't, no one's going to want to buy anything else that I do, or mostly what I do is kaiju. So I'm not going to be able to put anything together in time to sell. Um, and not only that, too, um, it's really part of it, I think, too is the fact that the format of the convention, like, again, other than the location, there's really nothing new as far as content or anything for for long-timers like us that have been going. Uh, but there are a lot of people that, in general, aren't going. Part of it is the content and the fact that the format hasn't changed or that there's really nothing new uh, going on with the convention to try to keep things fresh for people who have been going for a while. Uh, but part of it too, um, again, let's face it, is some of the politics um, that have been kind of involved uh, the last couple of years with the convention. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very unfortunate. Um, did, I've seen some of those uh, Twitter posts, um, and it's it wasn't good. Um, I think some. Some of the decision making um, and the thought processes behind certain things were awful. Um, I don't think it was putting um, the health, safety, and wellness of fans, uh, in one case, Mm -hmm. um, in the forefront. Um, I can understand them the fact that they had booked it and they had put down like a deposit or whatever, but you could get that deposit back because you've you yeah. been going through a pandemic and all that. You know, these places aren't just going to take your money. If they, if they are, then they're really shitty. Don't do business with <laughs> yeah. them again. But um, there were just some bad decision-making and, and certain things also led sadly to Robert Scott Field um, not coming back. There was some awful bad blood 
there. Um, before my, my one laptop uh, crapped the bed here like two months ago, <laughs> uh, I had the entire transcript of Robert Scott Field and a particular individual uh, that, you know, they aired dirty laundry out there in the open. I mean, you could go out there and find this. I mean, you know, this is not a super secret. I mean, it's out there in the open. And uh, sadly, I didn't back up that transcript, but um, it was bad. And, um, you know, I'm just going to say this, and, and um, I know for some people this is going to be already it probably is a hot button issue just even for us to talk about some of this stuff. We're kind of pussyfooting around some of this a bit um, because I don't want that to be the focus here. But I do think it's very important now that um, with so many people not attending, um, things I think do need to change. And, um, you know, I don't know how that goes about. I know there are, um, I know that there are other kaiju conventions that are popping up almost every year. There's one in Indiana happening in September. Yeah, there's, um, it was, I, I forget the one name, but I know they're sort of doing a special uh, edition geared towards uh, kaiju and everything. And I know that they were going to originally have Kira Takarada here, but obviously all of you unfortunately know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, things have to change. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if they don't, uh, again, like I said a few minutes ago, you know, if you don't address it, things are at least going to continue. Yeah. And maybe it worse. And I know that I've mentioned about this being uh, the last one for a while, even, you know, a, a couple of years ago when it was, this one was going to originally take place before the whole pandemic. But uh, with all this sort of arise, it wasn't sort, you know, it really wasn't part of it, but, you know, after, you know, with what Ken has mentioned about and stuff. And, and, and I think you showed me that uh, transcript before uh, in the past, I think some of the screenshots uh, too. It, uh, it's sort of uh, piled onto it, but it's not my reason for it being uh, sort of my last uh, uh, going around for G-Fest, but it's, you can say it's part of it with the addition to that. But, uh, um, but for me, it's just more or less trying to, you know, do other things besides, I mean, we've been doing this almost every year. It's like, sometimes, you, you know, kind of want to do some other things. Yeah. <laughs> as far as anyway, let's get going here with the actual yeah. schedule here. So, uh, Friday, July 15th, I'm already upset because there are two panels happening at the same time that I would like to go yeah. to. <laughs> and then uh, obviously you see uh, Thursday, July 14th, this is kind of what they usually do the day before with a double uh, feature bill over at the Pickwick Theater. You can see what's going to be uh, shown at Pickwick here with uh, Hedora, Megalon, um, 54, and then uh, our little personal favorite uh, here, uh, By the way, the uh, apologize to people who are listening to the audio version yeah <laughs> of this um you can follow along with us just go to the gfan website and pull up the calendar yeah just uh go under the uh, the gfest uh, navigation there should be a pop-up and then a uh, schedule 
button there. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, on with uh, Friday here. Uh, as usual, there's always a orientation of the G-Fest being the very first thing here. Just about uh, questions and answer session with uh, the organizers that help attendees to get most out of their uh, weekend and with the being a bigger well being a uh, bigger convention this time around with a new location although it's just a block or two from uh, Crown Plaza where we've been at for the majority of the time when we've uh, been going there and then uh, so on and so forth. I think we maybe have been to that one once or twice. We checked it out years. one time three or four years ago just to get an idea, just in case, like, maybe we were missing out on something somewhere. But, yeah, we didn't stay for the whole thing. But, you know, we, we never went to this thing when we first attended 10 years ago. Um, anyone who is new, I mean, it's up to you. Um, but... We did just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, all you're doing is you're looking at the schedule and figuring out what panels you want to go to. Like I was saying here, sometimes there's a conflict uh, of interest if there are a couple going on at the same time that you want to attend. But otherwise, it's just a matter of more than anything else, I would recommend for people. And, of course, it's going to be the first time for everybody because it's a brand new location. Um, get to know the floor plan first. So mm-hmm. that way you know where you need to go. Um and then after that, again, just look at the schedule, figure out what pains. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, so basically the uh, the official uh, convention program, which uh, hopefully you should be able to get right away when you uh, pay, you know, if you haven't uh, made a uh, reservation up front, getting advance uh, tickets for a specific day or for the entire uh, weekend, you should be able to get a, a program for free. Uh, that's basically going to be your best friend uh, overall as far as the schedule. And then there's going to be the map of uh, the dealer's room in there as well as some of, uh, you know, probably the uh, the G-Fest channel that they should probably. If they continue, uh, I would assume they would. Have over here. And uh, we do have uh, one maybe a uh, little comment uh, over here, and this is by uh, Martin Oltz. <laughs> uh, the orientations uh, session is really for convention uh, newbies. A lot of attendees don't really need to go to uh, other conventions. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. Thank you for that, uh, Martin. But uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah, it's the thing for uh, anyone that's uh, new to uh, the convention. And I know we've uh, you know kind of dealt within that for a little bit. I think maybe. A couple maybe two three years into our thing so we just thought we'd uh, check it out for a little bit but uh yeah so uh the first three uh, uh panels that we have here after the uh, uh, gfs uh, orientation which i'm probably guessing is your uh, sort of conflict of <laughs> interest well here. no the the guy game one's an hour after those first two so i'm not going to have a problem with that but okay. <laughs> so so yeah basically uh the first three panels here is just mainly just uh, celebrating just uh, diving into the specific movies here on their uh special anniversaries just kind of going through talking about the movie and maybe some uh, tidbits uh, behind the scenes, I think. What I, me personally, in terms of panels, the anniversary 
panels are my favorite because being a history major, um, like Jason was saying, depending upon who's presenting, usually there is a little bit of history in terms of the conception of the film, how it was made, etc., and then sort of its impact at the time of its release and then its legacy um, as well. And so for me, I enjoy the celebration panels. Uh, I, I just think they're a lot of fun. I, I mm. think that's where you really get a lot of information about said films. Um, yeah, I, I think anyone who is new, going to the convention for the first time this year, you definitely need to check out some of these anniversary panels. I, I in my opinion, I think they're 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 really fun yeah and then so onward to the next one sort of around the same time with uh the Gigan anniversary panel this is sort of you know this one here sort of hits on to both of us because you know from like a long time ago we sort of did something with uh rest we were uh big fans of wrestling back in the day you know around that early 2000s late 90s and we sort of uh, combined it with uh, monsters. We did sort of an online monster wrestling uh, federation. So this is kind of uh, hitting home with uh, both of us. Any of you guys out there there remember years ago, Monster (laughs) Championship Wrestling. That was us. (laughs) So uh, with that, uh, this one here is about uh, kaiju movies are often, uh, was it uh, uh, Glibly? If that's how you pronounce it. Are often glibly derided. Yeah, derided as a rubber monster wrestling uh, flicks, but uh, personal wrestling uh, and uh, Japanese special effects features actually do have a complex interwoven history. Uh, This panel covers how the two mediums have influenced uh, one another as well as uh, characters and performers that have uh, crossed over between uh, the two with uh, Chris Eaton and uh, Kevin uh, Derendorf. <laughs> um, this one, why the legendary films are important, I think uh, is important to <laughs> Tim. <laughs> um, if, if any of you watch uh, either live or since we put it up last year, our Daikaiju Fest, we not only discussed Godzilla versus Kong, but we talked about the legendary um, era of, of kaiju films as well. And, and uh, you know, I think we both said that, look, you know, they aren't perfect. Really, no film is, unless it's Rocky IV. Um, <laughs> but, um, That's for another thing. But, um, you know, they, they aren't perfect. Um, I still, even though I've seen the movie 25 or so times, Godzilla vs. Kong is a film that I find to be entertaining, but I still have issues with it. Uh, to try to put it in a nutshell as far as what I think of the movie, fun, but not the Godzilla vs. Kong movie I would have written and produced. Um, but I still think the legendary films provide um, a greater access to a wider general audience because, look, let's face it. Um, the Toho films, you're, yeah, if they were released here in the States, kind of like Shin Godzilla was here nearly six years ago, um, you know, instead of a one-night event, let's say you had the film out for a week. 
um, you would get people out there in the theater, but it's not going to be, you know, like even a moderately uh, successful Hollywood film in that you're going to attract decent sized crowds um, or even fill up, you know, fill a theater up like half full every time. Uh, because right. unfortunately, there's still the stigma around Japanese cinema with the American public at large. And I think that's gradually changing. I think as generations starting with either Gen X or ours, um, I, you know, as we're kind of taking over the world now, um, <laughs> um, and, and the boomers, I don't know how else to put this, are on their way out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Um, you know, our generations, the younger generations, were more exposed to this stuff. We uh, had cable. Cable brought along um, all sorts of different channels where there were movies and TV shows where we as kids grew up watching this stuff. And as a result, um, our generation and, and younger and maybe even Gen X, we're um, we're more open and accepting of this stuff. Whereas you look at the older generations, there's still the stigma of, oh my gosh, like Japanese cinema, you know, bad, you know, we all know the bad stigmas and stereotypes kind of surrounding what people think of, of foreign films. And, um, it's, it's different now, but there's still a bit of that stigma out there you still find it. It's not quite as prevalent as it used to be. But the legendary films bring in those types of audiences because you are getting Hollywood involved. You are getting the bigger budgets. You mm -hmm. are getting maybe some familiar actors uh, in these films. And um, I think in a way that is... I, I, I think in a way you probably can win some new fans over with that some may like the legendary films but still may not care for the toho stuff um but i still think the legendary films play a, a huge role in creating access mm -hmm. um not just for creating a new generation of fans those who are young uh, as these films are being released right. but um for people who have been around for a while and are aware of such films but maybe saw only a few or avoided them for a while, what have you. So um, I think that panel, why the legendary films are important, is an important <laughs> panel <laughs> to attend. <laughs> and so right around the same time as the legendary panel there, we got the Planet of the Kaiju Haiku, a brief presentation and workshop on G-Fest G-Fan and Godzilla-themed uh, short poetry. And I think this was something that we saw uh, Many years ago, I think at our first or probably the second where they sort of did, well, it's more or less uh, fan-created stories, but I think this is sort of a bit uh, similar to that uh, sort of panel from many years ago. And it's obviously with the description and it reads, uh, this panel is a short poetry uh, writing work, uh, workshop led by international kaiju haiku uh, poet uh, Juan M. Perez and poet, poet, uh, poet uh, writer uh, Malia A. Perez, uh, Ed D. attendees, 
uh, attendees uh, will be briefed on the haiku form of poetry and will be able to write their own kaiju haiku. Haiku. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't pronounce things. Uh, for a possible future G fan article, uh, writing materials will be provided at this fun-filled uh, workshop. I need to brush up on how to put a haiku together. I I did um, when I was uh, in middle school in my English class. We had to write different types of poetry, and I remember haiku was one that we had to yeah that, to do. Yeah, the last time I remember doing anything with uh, haiku or poetry was uh, in elementary school. <laughs> that I, was a long time ago. When I was in community college, this would have been like in 2004, 2005, um, I got pretty big into writing poetry for about a year or two, uh, but really haven't done anything since. And so we got uh, this uh, next one here at around uh, 3 o'clock. I almost need glasses or something. Cinema Symbiosis 3. Did we miss part one and two? Or what is this? I don't remember anything of part one or two. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Or is remember. it just a name? Like, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> that's just a name, but yeah, I, I didn't see anything above, or, above here. Actually, no. Maybe the three stands for Godzilla, Raymond Burr, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Although that's a math formula, so I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, basically... Uh, Oh, it, it is the third installment. Examination of international cultural influences of giant monster movies looks at the Americanization of the 54 Godzilla. Wow. Um, I don't remember parts one or two. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to I'm, my... Uh... I'm sort of guessing <laughs> that was probably before our, our time. No, uh, that could... There. No, because we were going for eight straight years before COVID hit and canceled these last two. I mean, I, I actually don't quite remember even remember if there was a symbiosis maybe there was yeah. and it just was something that at the time maybe didn't interest us i don't know i think well i think we i knew at least a little bit of you know some of the things that have gone on uh with the whole americanization of uh, the the 54 film but i think this one would at least be uh interesting to maybe go to I for would. a little bit. I have been, and I think we talked about this, because didn't we do a commentary on King of the Monsters earlier in the year? Yeah. Um, and I talked about it. Uh, Peter H. Brothers wrote a book a handful of years ago on uh, the not just the production of the 54 film, but also the American edit as well. It's all in the same book. Uh, Atomic Dreams and Nuclear Nightmares, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, just look up Peter H. Brothers and you'll, and you'll find it. Um, but I have become a defender of the Americanized version of the 54 film. Uh, again, I will admit it's, yes, not as good as, as the 54, but I do think uh, in some ways uh, with its editing, the pacing is not only more brisk, but I think um, a little bit more um, suitable, I guess, because that 54 film, uh, in my opinion, in some pieces drags a bit. Um, I think the pacing is a little bit better. Plus Raymond Burr. Mm -hmm. Raymond Burr. Um, yes, it, it, a lot of the themes and sort of the heart and soul of what the 54 film was about was gutted. Yeah. But I would even argue, though, that while that's true, 
I, I still wouldn't even say that the Americanized version is like a stereotypical 50s American monster flick because some of that stuff was still kept uh, in the Americanized edit, but there still was heart. So mm-hmm. It wasn't like the beginning of the end or yeah. something like that. You know, it wasn't some sort of run-of-the-mill quick put – I mean, technically it was a quick put-together where they – uh, I forget how much money they had to, to re-edit and reshoot some scenes, but it wasn't much. But um, still, like, Raymond Burr brings cachet. Yeah. You know, I like Raymond Burr. I think he's a fine actor. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so this next panel. I this one was done time. before. Godzilla National Spirit. I remember it was, gosh, it, it was sometime between 17... And 19, someone did a panel like this. Yeah, I'm not sure if they want to revisit it again, or I'm not sure if, uh, what, why, they're, <laughs> why they're actually doing it again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so you can kind of see here on the description, is the politics of Shin Godzilla uh, right-wing and nationalist. Uh, Brian at uh, Kaiju Vision says it's actually a patriotism during a devastating national crisis with the 2011, uh, 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. Uh, was it through a uh, comparative study? He presents what the film's domestic Japanese audience saw. I remember now, um, Steve Rifle and Ed Gajaszewski did a panel like this because I remember Ed was talking about when the film came out and he was in Japan, um, um, he was asking like one of his friends who had seen it uh, the night before, and he asked him something to the effect of, I, I, I wish I could remember what he asked his friend exactly, but it was something to the effect of, you know, what did you think of God, the Godzilla scenes or something like that? And his friend responded to the degree of like God, Godzilla was in it. Like, you know, because yeah, the, the Japanese, I mean, his friend, I'm sure, was kind of like pulling his leg a little bit because Godzilla is very prominent in the movie, obviously. But the, the film is definitely different in that how the Japanese see it because of what they went through in 2011 and then some of the, the politics that were kind of happening uh, a handful of years and leading up to the production of that film. Um, I have personal opinions on it. Anyone who's been <laughs> who's seen I mean, uh, our episodes over the years, don't we all? Um, again, for anyone who hasn't really uh, watched us or listened to us over the years, I don't like the movie. It's not so much because of the politics. That's a small thing. Like that on my list of reasons why I don't care for Shin Godzilla. That's like down near the bottom. Um, but I just don't think Shin Godzilla is a good movie. I, I don't think it's a good. Um, I don't think it's a good movie on politics. I don't think it's a good Godzilla movie, period. Um, so, you know, um, you know, I, I think it is an interesting thing for Westerners to get into the mindset. You know, no offense to Brian here who's presenting this panel, but I would rather have a Japanese individual present this. Just kind of, just kind of get their perspective. Because you will get a more authentic look at exactly how they view it. Yeah, their point of view. So after that, 
at four, the Jeopardy uh, 2022 Kid Championship. Self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, ooh, another anniversary panel here. Oh, yeah, uh, Space the, Amoeba. Yeah, Space Amoeba, which, which we just uh, talked about here, I think, earlier in the year, I believe, or late last year. I don't know if it was a commentary or a, a regular discussion. I thought we talked about that like years ago. Not that I uh, know of. Because I'm almost positive. Because when I looked on the list, it, it was pretty recent. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so obviously another uh, special anniversary uh, panel there for Space Amoeba. Uh, so it's self-explanatory there, as well as the rest there for uh, Friday with open. Uh, opening ceremonies, radio, uh, radioactive karaoke, and the viewing of Godzilla vs. Khan over at the uh, Pickwick Theater. And we move on to day numero dos on Saturday, July 6th. There, and like I mentioned about uh, earlier in our show, that uh, they were going to be uh, doing a little bit of uh, discussion on uh, the life, career, and legacy of Akira Takarada starting at uh, 10 o'clock over at uh, the Grand Ballroom B and or C. I think uh, it's location. B, both B and C. It's kind of like what they did at... Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure, so we'll have to see there. So as uh, with the description, it reads this year, uh, we lost uh, Akira Takarada, one of the uh, biggest stars to appear in the Godzilla and other fantasy films from the 1950s into the 21st century. And while we all know him from our favorite kaiju uh, films, his life and career was much more than that. His special panel, this special panel, will explore Takarada-san's uh, life, his films, and beyond, and discuss his introduction to Western G fandom through his numerous uh, convention appearances. And I know this one would be uh, probably uh, would be the one that both you and I would be interested in going to. Well, yeah, it would. But again, conflict of interest, because look, <laughs> yeah. at, look at what's listed next. End of an era, Terran Mechagodzilla. More or less um, looking at the film itself, ending the, the show era, even though if you want to get technical, yes, Godzilla 1984 was technically in the Showa era. Um, but yeah, I, I'll have to figure out, uh, what I'm going to do there because that's, that's a panel I'm definitely interested in as well. And then we, of course, uh, got one of the, uh, interviews with, uh, one of the special guests at, uh, this year's G-Fest convention with, uh, Hiro, Hiroyuki, uh, Kawase. And then we got another panel here, the Warring Twenties starting at 11 a.m. So in the ballroom um, A. So um, just because of COVID, uh, the panel is basically about just covering uh, movies and shows that um, have been released over the last couple of years and just a discussion on that media. Yep. And then after that, we got another special guest interview, uh, this time with Tomoko Ai. And then uh, at noon in Grand Ballroom A is the Kaiju Video Games History of Raids Again, where the description reads, there are more Kaiju-themed video games than you think. Uh, 13 AM Games creative director Alex uh, Rushdie uh, guides you through the further history of digital monsters 
from the earliest days of art form to the present. I think that might be uh, sort of an interesting. Well, I pre-ordered a, a uh, kaiju game from Limited Games here earlier in the year. Uh, I forget the name of it. And then I know there's one <laughs> called Dawn of the Monsters. I think, I think that's the one. Coming soon. Or you say or, got it. Um, if you do. If not, then it'll probably be coming soon that. or it's already out. And then, unfortunately, I don't know if you, any of you have seen uh, the post from uh, the official GFAN uh, Facebook page that uh, um, Don Fry, he uh, is not going to be attending. He was originally going to be, but he's originally, uh, he's not going to be attending now because due to uh, back issues, and he was just uh, recently uh, hospitalized with that. So, uh, um, hope he recovers well uh, from the from uh, the back I'm issues. I'm surprised himself. he's back because I remember when he was last there in '17, I think it was. He was having issues then, like he had to cancel one or two panels because of back issues. But can I say something about him for a moment? I mean, I'm surprised he's back, not just because of some of the back issues, but in one of his panels, like I guess I think it was 17, um, he like brought up some stuff that really should not have been brought up at a kaiju convention. And also it was not appropriate for, you know, an audience in which there were children present <laughs> as well. Um, you know, I, because there were a lot of people you know, who had issues with it. It's like, okay, dude, you're entitled to your political opinion, but first of all, keep that out of a convention that doesn't involve, you know, the, the talking of like American politics and what have you. Uh, but at the same time, there was like some violent rhetoric <laughs> he had said in that particular panel as well. Um, that was uncalled for. And, you know, you just you can't be doing that. You just can't be doing that. I, I I kind of like you just don't do that. You just don't. If you want to do that on your Facebook page or whatever, then, then you go for it. But <laughs> so with that, um, oh, let's see here. Okay, uh, with uh, Martin Alt, uh, he. Uh, Brings that ballroom bean seat is uh, two rooms open up and combined. So told you. Well, I wasn't entirely sure, but uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for that info there, uh, Martin. Okay, so why don't you go uh, talk about uh, this uh, next panel here? Uh, Destroy all teasers. Uh, lost film trailer reel. Um, so I'm just briefly reading it and try to put it in a nutshell. Uh, as well, why don't you read it out loud here? I thought about it, but then I don't want to just anybody else can do this. <laughs> um, so basically, um, just teaser trailers for movies that uh, they were trying to pitch to studios and they never got made. Okay, so, and then uh, right around two o'clock, and we just uh, briefly uh, touched upon this just uh, a few minutes ago. With uh, Don of the Monsters in uh, Grand Ballroom B and C. 
and it says here the ultimate panel on uh, Dawn of the Monsters, the smash hit video game from 13AM Games. Okay. Uh, join the developers of the title and discussing the entire project from start to finish with a touch of behind the scenes secrets. Hewitt's, uh, now. <laughs> Those are new glasses, right? Yes. Uh, uh, Q&A, oh, <laughs> giveaways, and more with uh, Alex Rushdie and Steve Roberts. And Kaiju Writers Unite, I think this is one where they uh, kind of talk about helping people put their um, uh, Kaiju writing together. Love from Monster-Loving Wordsmiths. Uh, da 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 Panel of writers, YouTube author. Okay, so yeah, um, it's a panel of folks who are writers and content producers, um, basically taking questions from the audience for those who are interested in putting together um, like their fanfics and stuff. And then right after that, uh, in Grand Ballroom B slash C. We get uh, the Kaiju Kingdom podcasts with uh, Jack, uh, Jessica Sane and Chris Eaton. Um, that they're bringing along, was it uh, Darnell Isom of uh, Legacy FX, and which he recently was head designer of Mothra and Legendaries uh, to the uh, 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters and Mecha Godzilla for 2021's uh, Godzilla versus Con. Uh, come join the lively discussion about our uh, favorite. Queen of the Monsters and Darnell's uh, past works, including Jurassic Park, Pacific Rim, Captain America Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3, ABP, uh, Requiem, and Resident Evil Extinction. Exclusive, never-before-seen art will be shown. So I think that probably be the interesting kind of get the behind-the-scenes on some of those uh, movies I know we've all have heard. So at uh, three o'clock, at the same time, we get uh, Matt and Hiroshi live art drawing. So yeah, those are fun. Uh, Matt's done, I think, a couple of those at least in the past. If you're into art and in, in drawing yourself, uh, I like watching other people draw because I like to pick up pointers in terms of how other people um, draw certain things and kind of just how they, in general, put something together. Uh, the, if you're interested at all in art yourself in terms of producing it, I would mm. check something like this out. Yeah. And then right after that, we get uh, Collect All Monsters Nerdy 30, which is uh, another uh, kind of live stream slash podcast. It is a podcast, yeah. Uh, with uh, Kyle Yount. Uh, there, so it says, uh, Collect All Monsters brings the live stream format to the live audience. Join the hosts of the monthly show dedicated to the collectible side of uh, Kaiju uh, genre with uh, Leslie Chambers, uh, Christine Chaplin, uh, David Chapin. Do uh, Chapin. No, it says Chaplin. I see right there. Uh, I thought her name David Jocko, uh, John Ruffin from My Kaiju, and Kyle Yount. Uh, for the uh, 30th episode of the show. Uh, panel will be filmed for YouTube. So I think that would be at least interesting um, just to kind of see. Uh, I haven't really watched 
um, much of uh, this uh, Collect All Monsters uh, podcast. I'll uh, have to kind of take a look at it. Uh, if you're big, obviously, if you're big into collecting kaiju, um, that's that's the thing to watch. I don't really collect anymore. Um, I know you talk so, about your uh, Bandai collection and how much you sort of uh, regret, regret well, over the years. I, well, you know, I was engaged and going to get married <laughs> soon, and I needed not just space but money. So, um, <laughs> so behind the Kaiju Curtain, um, this is going to be a live stream with Norman England. He's the author of the same of the, of the book by the same title. Um, I got the book. I started reading it, gosh, either late last year or early this year. Uh, I didn't finish it yet, but it's his experience on a handful of kaiju sets. Like, um, thinking off the top of my head, like uh, a couple of them were Gamera 3. There was also GMK. I would list some other films, but I'm not 100% sure if he actually does cover them. I don't have the book uh, in front of me here to verify that. But um, it is an interesting book so far because it's sort of uh, not just a fan's experience in terms of meeting up with directors and being on the sets of these films and kind of seeing how they're put together. It's in a way, too, sort of a Westerner's uh, viewpoint in terms of how Japanese cinema, and obviously more specific, the Kajuega, uh is uh, put together. It's it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a couple hours, uh, two and a half hours after that, they'll be doing the uh, Jeep uh, Purdy uh, 2022 Adult Qualifier and Championship. Uh, I, I tried that a few years, years ago. <laughs> I think it was the uh, the last one that we went to. Uh, no, it was in eighteen. I think. Are you sure? I thought it was uh, twenty eighteen. It wasn't. It wasn't the last one. No. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, I think you got. Was it uh, second place or was it uh, last place on that one? I think I was in second, but then during Final Jeopardy, um, I bet all my points and. Got the final Jeopardy question <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and then after that, we get uh, the uh, G-Fan Hall of Fame Awards ceremony. Nothing needs to be uh, said there. And then, of course, uh, you got the costume parade. You know, kind of the, um, one of the main Those are fun. There. Yeah. You got kids. Like, I, you know, I'm bringing my son for the first time this year. That's something they will that's something they will enjoy. Definitely. And then after that, we get the Pickwick Theater showing of uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, and that basically wraps up uh, day number two. And then we get uh, day numero tres and uh, oh, Sunday, crap, July really? 16th. Because we're leaving Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, kids here and his again, son are going to be leaving. <laughs> another... Um, anniversary panel of King Kong vs. Godzilla. I actually watched that movie, well, the American edit, uh, anyways, here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the American edit, kind of like the Raymond Burr King of the Monsters, I think gets a bad rap, too. Yeah, let's let's just kind of dive into the description here. So, uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla was a special entry in the Godzilla franchise. It revived the series after a seven-year hiatus. It holds the record for the highest attendance of any film in the series and for many fans through movie houses, drive-ins, and TV screens. It was the film 
that launched their obsession with the kaiju film genre. The panelists will discuss the history and impact of this classic film. Uh, I guess they didn't really specifically say which one, but I'm guessing they'll be talking about the I'm the, thinking the mainly the Japanese. Yeah. yeah, of course, the American edit's going to get touched upon. I would be surprised if it doesn't. Yeah. And then I'm sort of surprised that they're going to be touched upon a non-kaiju uh, genre in this uh, anime show of the legacy of Attack on Titan, which uh, just the manga just wrapped up here, I think, about a year or several months ago, I believe, and then uh, they're going to be wrapping up the anime on that. I think that would at least be something interesting, but again, like I said, it's not something... I could never see, get into attack that, uh, that you would see uh, at a kaiju centric uh, convention. Well, but uh, I mean, but like I said, it'd be something interesting to go to. It's kaiju esque, but with you know giant humanoids and everything. So act <laughs> monsters. <laughs> and then right after uh, that, we get a fan tribute of uh, to Kira Takara's probably going to be sort of the same thing with the uh, panel from uh, day two uh, there. And then uh, during that same time is going to be the uh, women of Kaiju fandom. Now, I think that they've been sort of uh, doing this kind of a yearly sort of uh, panel with uh, Je- uh, Jessica Sane. And I think with, um, uh, oh, shoot, what's, what was that one gal's name? I know. Uh, she was in here. Uh, Christine Chaplin. I know I've seen her. I'm positive of her last name's Chaplin. I think that's, that's a misspell. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> by with what's uh, <laughs> on there, so uh, we'll just go along with it. Uh, and then I think I'm. And I think was it the uh, Matt Frank's wife was on the uh, panel at one time. Morgan. Yeah, I think so. So it's probably going to be touching upon sort of the same thing every year. Maybe just uh, kind of change things up. Uh, a little bit different there. Uh, this makes me so mad. Legendary Godzilla vs. Kong. Folks, schedule this like on a Friday or a Saturday. I gotta <laughs> leave Sunday. <laughs> I gotta be back for an Elton John concert. That's why I'm leaving Sunday. <laughs> Typically, I would stay. Until hey, Lauren, can you change this up? <laughs> help, help, a, help a guy out here. <laughs> and then after that, we get the awards for the uh, uh, costume contests. And then, uh, was it the model? And other awards as well. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, Mark, uh, <laughs> Martin, he says, uh, yep, Chapin. I was right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought it could have been uh, Chapin or Chaplin, so. <laughs> I figured that had to be a misspell. Oh, and he says, uh, yeah, sure, we can uh, shuffle that schedule. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I cannot believe I got pulled. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and so uh, after the uh, the costume uh, contest winners there at uh, noon o'clock, we get uh, Thunder Lizards of the Far East, a uh, overview of Asian dinosaur movies. Uh, in the addition to the likes of Godzilla and Rodan, there's a host of uh, more traditional Asian dinosaur movies that often get overlooked. A look at some... Uh, was it uh, Saurian-centric cinema and TV shows from Japan as well as from Korea and China? I think that would at least be something 
uh, interesting to look at. Rub it in, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, was it, uh, I'm not, I can't uh, remember the name of the, uh, was it the ch- uh, YouTube channel that's uh, Chinese. It's, I think it's some kind of uh, film studio. That, the one that I shared with you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the name either. But yeah, I know we, we've sort of been talking about possibly doing some discussions and uh, commentaries on those uh i think Chinese if i'm not movies. mistaken i posted on our facebook page an odd number of months ago might as well repost it just in case the um i don't remember the actual japanese name of this series but it uh, came to the western shores as attack of the super monsters a oh, combination yeah. of uh, dinosaur and anime uh, film. It was, what was it, like the first four episodes of that show put together into a film. Uh, it's a it's a pretty funny film. It's got the T-Rex <laughs> from Last Dinosaur in that. And, and I bet you anything that they'll touch upon uh, uh, was it God of the Monsters or something? War and God Monsters. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's a painful watch. <laughs> And then at uh, one o'clock here at uh, Grand Ballroom A's uh, Titans and Elder Things, the uh, comparing themes and style and Kaiju Iga and the uh, Cthulhu Mythos a few years after the HP Lovecraft's death in 1937, World War II forever changed the landscape of Japanese culture and eventually inspired the creation of uh, Godzilla. While one can find ideas of uh, cosmic horror and uh, many kaiju stories and the occasional giant monster in Lovecraft's uh, Cthulhu mythos. The two games uh, approach similar uh, subject matter from uh, different perspectives. In this panel, an author of uh, kaiju ma- ma- novels <laughs> and a optometrist, uh, <laughs> Lovecraftian uh, filmmaker explore the overlap between the two worlds. Uh, I'll probably uh, maybe take a peek, even if I'm not in that. I can't attend. There, too. So. <laughs> well, maybe I can do a live stream uh, on my phone for you, <laughs> or just record it and like send send me the thing through email. Especially this next one, the 50th anniversary celebration of Godzilla vs. Megalon, an underappreciated film, if you ask me. Especially yeah. when they. Um, um, Oh, shoot. What's the uh, production studio that released that? I should know this. Uh, they brought out the uh, actual uh, full-length film, uh, unedited and widescreen and all that, back in 2012. Um, oh, come on. I, well, anyways, um, I have a newfound appreciation. For, I've always enjoyed it. I mean, that, that was the second Godzilla film we, uh, we ever saw, and um, I got a greater appreciation for it when I saw it unedited and widescreen with a cleaner picture. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a better film than, than people give it credit for. And then right at the same time here, we get, uh, untying Godzilla's, uh, Gordian nut, King Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, uh, be fixed. And I think this is sort of something that uh, both you and I have uh, talked about in past a episodes. lot of people, people, <laughs> people, anybody who has seen the film multiple times, uh, 
you know, have discussed it. It's not just us. <laughs> <laughs> and so it says, uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is one of the most popular entries in the Heisei Godzilla series. But it also has uh, one of the most confusing and convoluted scripts in the franchise. Why did the Futurians stop in 92 to pick up the main cast? How did everyone remember Godzilla when he was supposedly erased from history? Why did Emmy decide to turn on her comrades? Such such are just a few of the questions fans have asked. Uh, writer, podcaster uh, Nathan Marchan, uh, Monster Island Film Vault, uh, Henshin Men, and The Power Trip, and author uh, Daniel uh, DeMana of uh, the Godzilla Normalization Project tried to answer in this uh, script doctor session. That could be a uh, discussion where you could, I think, really get the crowd involved. I think that, that, could, be, that could be a rowdy panel there. And I know that we had, like in the past episode when we discussed uh, this film in itself, and we had maybe a half-hour discussion as far as uh, the relationship between uh, the main character, the main protagonist, and Emmy <laughs> here with them being related and all that stuff. <laughs> there are just some things you, you just want to touch upon and don't dive any further, but again, it's, it's one of those elephant in the room type of situations. <laughs> yeah, and I, I certainly hope, I would definitely go to this one and i would hope that someone brings up that sort of uh situation if they don't then you're there (laughs) you're to bring it up (laughs) i'll have to go back on that episode and just kind of uh kind of get a refresher on that whole discussion so if no one does i'll try to bring that i just have to say for a split (laughs) moment like first and foremost why is that an important plot point? And second of all, why is it brought up right as the movie is about to end? Yeah. That is, that's something I could never figure out. <laughs> and then uh, right after that, you get uh, guys all across America. Is he a member of the, was it the all 50 States club, which sounds a bit unique. So as far as the description goes, it's, it reads, since Godzilla raided New York City in a 1963 uh, board game by uh, Ideal Toy uh, Corporation, he's attacked the United States many times. But how thorough uh, has he been? Uh, Wikizilla, uh, Wikizilla uh, bureaucrat uh, Michael Clary will examine Godzilla films, shows, comics, video games, books, and more to see which states the key of the monsters is most fond of uh, visiting and if he's uh, stopped all 50 and I know the answer to that he has not <laughs> you know for sure <laughs> do you remember uh, back in the late 90s when the 98 film came out there was that young adult series written by Mark Saracini um, well and then even there was uh, Scott Sciencen I think is uh, his last name uh, a lot I of those, those books, books yeah a lot of those took place um, in the States. Some obviously went international as well uh, with their plots, but there always was sort of a, a U.S. component to most of those uh, novels. But I think he had, hasn't uh, gone through all the 50 states. But uh, So with that, 
at the same time here we get uh, there's a figure of that obscure kaiju collectibles even a diehard figure collect, uh, collector can only buy so many uh, uh, Shodai Goji figures before starting to crave something a little more unusual, which is sort of like me in a way. Uh, this panel covers uh, some of the more unique offbeat merchandise of obscure uh, kaiju uh, characters from movies, comics, games, and even concept art. You could argue the entire Ultraman library of kaiju. <laughs> yeah. And I know I've seen uh, you know pretty obscure uh, figures over the years, and I know, and I've talked to Kent about this over the years when we've been going to uh, G-Fest here that I think it kind of gets to that point where I want to try to get something that's a bit more unique and sort of stands out. And I, that's sort of what this whole panel is about. And I think that's sort of probably something that I would uh, be interested in uh, uh, taking a look at there. And then right after that, we get, uh, was it? Tokusatsu, uh, Kaiju and Tokusatsu YouTubers podcast uh, roundtable. And it reads here, the Kaiju and Tokusatsu YouTube and podcasting communities have exploded over the uh, last few years with shows uh, ranging from collectibles to academic film appreciation to audio dramas. Several of the creators come together to discuss the art and craft of uh, content creation it's more than talking into a mic uh, and uh, take questions from fans and listeners in the audience there. So that'll be kind of something to uh, look at there. And then the uh, last panel, and I'm sort of surprised there isn't the, uh, was it the, the Titanosaurus uh, get together or something that they usually do uh, over the years? Uh, well, are you talking like the sing-alongs and all that? Yeah. That's because Stan can't make it this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's gotcha. why. And so with uh, with this one here being the final one, the GMK look back on the controversial 2001 film. And I know you've discussed about this film in the past uh, shows that we've done. It says, GMK is an unusual entry into the Godzilla, Godzilla series. Uh, Kevin Horn explores how the film has been and remains a conversation starter between uh, fans. Not only a celebration of the film's origin to theatrical release, but a look back at the kaiju themselves. There will be a surprise video during the presentation. This is one I want you to take for me as well. <laughs> By the way, uh, for those of you who uh, have never attended a convention or have, but maybe um, didn't get in on one of Kevin Horn's panels, he is really good. This guy is a walking encyclopedia. I mean, this guy, he can fill more than an hour's worth of content on whatever it is he's discussing. His panels are always very fun and informative, so definitely check it out. I find it interesting, though, that um, he uh, uh, is saying that it's a controversial uh, film. My understanding, at least here in the West, I don't know about in my understanding is that in Japan it's very popular. But I always thought here in the West too, more fans uh, loved the movie than, than didn't. I'm, you know, again in the minority of um, I don't care much for GMK. Um, I think it was a good attempt at doing something different. I just don't think the execution was really all that great. But um, 
that's interesting why you would think it's controversial because I think more people love it than not. Well, I think he's maybe sort of unless you're talking about the politics, maybe like some of the politics and because that one deals a little bit with World War Two a, a, a bit. Yeah, because with the the ghosts, like the uh, the ghosts of the soldiers and stuff, embodying into Godzilla. Yeah, sort of thing. So overall, what do you think of uh, the panels for this year's? Uh, I mean, I think they're really good. And I think, um, again, you've got a lot of um, anniversary panels. Uh, A handful of those are holdovers from the last couple of years because there was no convention. So for someone like me who enjoys those types of panels, it's a real treat. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't make uh, a couple of those. Um, One due to schedule conflicts because I'll have to pick one or the other. And then... uh, there's at least one I'm not going to be able to attend because I got to head home that Sunday. Well, actually, um, go all the way to the top of Sunday here. What? Um, yeah, because this one is at 10 o'clock. Maybe. Maybe I'll attend that. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> I got a three and a half hour drive. I'm not sure if I want to. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not that. You're a lot shorter to Chicago than I am. Oh, I know, but I'll have to think about that one. But, uh, but yeah. I'll I think, think it's good, yeah. Yeah, other other than that, uh, yeah, there's uh, quite a few uh, panels here that I know that we'll uh, touch upon here. And then, of course, you know, Dealer's Room and then uh, G-Fest Channel. And then probably they'll have uh, some kind of uh, midway uh, theater showing uh, fan. I don't know, I don't know if you know about that, uh, Martin, where they kind of show a, a bunch of uh, fan created and some of the like camera films and some of the other uh, kaiju related films in some sort of uh, midway theater that uh, Regency, uh, the high Regency, will have uh, over there. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think this will be uh, a pretty interesting. Uh, G-Fest this year and I know that uh, there's I know we've uh, ranked uh, the G-Fest that we've gone to over the years so I think this might be uh, kind of on the higher list from what we've seen here so um, well and then two we haven't had in the last two years and then uh, Martin he just uh, replied here says yes I believe the film fest will be in the international ballrooms okay Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I know Ken and I, we've uh, gone there off and on over the years, and I've really liked what uh, I've really liked uh, going into the Midway room there. So definitely, yeah. Uh, if if you're going to be uh, new at the G Fest this year, I would definitely check out uh, the Film Festival. There, they'll show you know uh, fan fan made movies as well as uh, other. Uh, kaiju movies that have been made by, you know, from Toei to Dai. Yeah. They've occasionally shown, um, like, I, I think 19, the last time they showed some Godzilla the series uh, cartoon episodes there. And then they've shown some Ultraman stuff in the past, too. Yeah, I think maybe the first two, maybe, yeah, maybe first one or two episodes from one of the series of uh, the ultraverse there so yeah uh, definitely check that out uh as well so 
And then, of course, you'll have uh, some uh, activities for the young kids there, and then uh, sculptured models, everything uh, there. So, yeah, that would be interesting if they're still going to do that because I know Stan led um, a lot of the models and stuff. Yeah. So, all right. But there you have it. That's G Fest uh, 2022, G Fest 27. Um, thank you so much, Martin, and everyone else who has joined us on this live stream. And uh, again, for those of you listening to the audio version of this, whenever it's released, uh, yeah, just follow along <laughs> on <laughs> on the G Fan website for the schedule. Otherwise, yeah, this is going to be a dull listen. <laughs> yeah. So as far as the streaming, if you haven't uh, subscribed to us, so make sure to hit that uh, red red subscribe bell and as well as that uh, notification bell and uh, give us a uh, thumbs up or smash that like button <laughs> as a lot of the people say out there and uh, you can also uh, find us on uh, Facebook here on uh, YouTube uh, Twitch and uh, uh, Twitter and everything and as far as our audio versions of the podcast you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and as well as uh, TuneIn uh, there as well. And uh, so with uh, Martin here, he says, uh, thanks for showcasing all the hard work put in by our uh, panel presenters. Hope uh, we can chat there. Well, uh, yeah, we'll definitely hope. Hope yeah, we can find you yeah, there in the sea of uh, people there. <laughs> so <laughs> You're busy. I know that. I know you're busy. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thanks for... Uh, uh, giving us uh, some of the tips there and everything, uh, Martin. And yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. And I'm probably guessing we'll be doing our usual. Uh, it's a few week break just to kind of digest everything from G Fest, and then kind of give our yeah, we'll review. have like a closing thoughts sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. So with that, thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Maybe even at G Fest, <laughs> definitely.